All right, let's go. Okay, so we're, we left off in Second Chronicles uh, um, with with King Hezekiah. We're not even done yet. And it's interesting why we have some details. Well, it's because they were serving the Lord. It's the reason David. It's just we've got whole books on David. First Samuel, Second Samuel is all David. Well, remember, God promised to David, "You'll always have kids on the throne." You know, uh, and ultimately through David was the. Was Jesus? He's a descendant of David, which makes sense. Notice this—the first word, King, King, King. All of a sudden, when we get to, when you get to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there ain't no king anymore. They lost their kingdom to Nebuchadnezzar, but it was just for seventy years, and they came right back. It is a perfect timeline. You can see all this historic data all the way across. Okay, but anyway, so we left off with King Hezekiah. Remember, his dad was his dad was terrible. It was Ahaz? But anyway, uh, so. Hezekiah, this is his second, uh, this is second, uh, anyway, second Chronicles chapter 30, 29 is when I think he, we started mentioning, no, it's actually 28. Let's just look at the header just a moment. Yeah, okay, 29. Yeah, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king of Judah. That's, that's chapter 29. So we go to chapter 30. Now remember all, they cleaned out the temple. His dad had locked it up, boarded it up, got so put out with, Everything and of course he was worshiping other gods and stuff. But now notice his son. How did his son turn out so good? Well, listen, his mama. Uh, uh, anyway, they weren't. They just weren't paying attention to the scriptures. They had the scriptures around them, and uh, uh, but like I say, they were just they wanted to be like other nations and worship other gods instead of uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, so the last verse here in uh, the thirtieth chapter. They just had this huge uh, uh, celebration of, remember it was the Passover, which never happened. The Israelites were never in Egypt. See how stupid that is? It did happen. Even people today that know about Christianity, you hear the word Passover. You can't have a fake event called Passover if it never existed. It did it. It did happen. So anyway, even though people were trying to say it never did, the Bible keeps marching on. And those of us that know, we know it did. Okay, anyway. So notice this, the last verse, 27 of chapter 30. Then the priest and Levite stood to bless the people, and the Lord heard their prayers from his holy temple in heaven. Look at that. He heard their prayers. Man. You know, Jesus made a statement one time, and he was talking about the uh, uh, woman that uh, had uh, and the evil judge. And he said, uh, and she said, hey, grant me. He says, uh, she kept telling that judge to get me, you know, whatever the problem was, get this guy off my back. And the judge wouldn't mess with her because she was a woman and because he didn't care about God in the first place. But he said, but because this woman is wearing me down, he said, I'll help her. Anyway, Jesus said, hear what the unjust judge says. I'm quoting it close as I can. And he says, I tell you, uh, no, and shall not uh, the Lord avenge his very own, which cry unto him day and night. In other words, he said, won't the Lord do that for you? And then Jesus answers his own question by saying, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. He'll, get, he'll, he'll help them out speedily. But he said, but when the Son of Man returns, he said, shall, shall I find faith on the earth? In other words, is anybody going to be praying? Thank God we will. All right, so here we go. So the very next chapter, look what happens here in chapter 31. Afterward, a massive campaign, look at this, against idol worship uh, was begun. Remember, this is a, these are historic records about the kings. It's like, well, we don't want to talk about their church habits. Yes, we do. Okay. Those who were in Jerusalem for the Passover. Remember what Passover means? That death angel passed over you. It was an event that actually happened. 
They would have never gotten out of Egypt if God hadn't done what he did. Okay. Anyway, they went throughout the cities of Judea, Benjamin, Ephraim, Manasseh, and tore down the idol altars, the obliques, the shame images, and other centers of worship. Where would that stuff come from? Israel just went hog wild for worshiping other kind of gods. Then the people who had come for the Passover from the north tribes returned again to their own homes. Hezekiah now organized. You know, he's acting like his, he's 15 away from David. His great, 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 granddaddy. Okay. He organized the priests and the Levites into service corps to offer the burnt offerings and the peace offerings and to worship and to give thanks and praise to the Lord. Notice that's a daily task. The offerings, you could see the smoke over there every day you woke up. Even if you were four or five miles away, you could see the smoke over there. Praise the Lord. Everything's good between me and Jesus. There's a sacrifice, you know. And you and I, we, should be, we have, ought to have the same intelligence. That's why women and men, too, a lot of times you'll see them with a cross. Well, do we believe in that cross? Do we believe you ever died on that cross? We should be happy about it. It's like, praise the Lord, I'm good. Jesus died for my sins. He did. Okay. He also made a personal contribution uh, of animals for the daily and morning offerings. Now, that's going to break you, Mr. Hezekiah. Wasn't going to break him. <laughs> Hezekiah's like, hey, I'm going to give this. As well as for the weekly Sabbath and the monthly new moon festivals. Now, where did all that come from? Moses. You remember hearing all about, all about that? In, actually, you, you saw it in Exodus. Remember, they get, away from, they get away from Pharaoh by chapter 15. Exodus goes a long way. It's, I think it's... 40-something chapters. Uh, but anyway, so the rest of that was, how do we worship the Lord? Because nobody knew. Okay. And the other annual feast as required in the law of God. So you see how they get away from that? Ah, who cares about the new moon? Who cares about the daily sacrifice? Who cares about this? Do you know in Alabama, it wasn't too long ago, we had what was called blue laws. People don't, my kids don't even know what that was. I do. I remember my parents going, you know, because they were like reading the newspaper and, and whoever opened up their store, they were, they were put in jail. <laughs> and I remember that. I thought, that's weird. Where did that come from? Well, thank God. I know the blue laws. They didn't have to have that. But, but you know, people were thought, whoa, we don't want to be working on Sunday. Okay, anyway, that's where all that stuff came from. Anyway, in addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring their tithes. What is that? You know, lots well, of 10% of everything you have. Give it to the Lord. You know how many times your heart's beat, your heart beats a day? You know, think about that. I can figure that out. Let's say it beats 25,000 times. Do you know what? You owe 10% of those heartbeats to the Lord. You could agree with that, couldn't you? Because you were like, I mean, you didn't, you didn't create your own heart. It was given to you, right? So it makes sense. Well, sometimes in today's society, we don't hear much about the Lord. And so we don't, we don't include him in our life. We don't think it has anything to do with us. But when you and I, we do know he does. It's like, I don't get any dollars except for Jesus. I mean, we know it. We thank the Lord. He's providing our, it's, I, was, I was eating the other day and, and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, I just stopped and said, Lord, I want to thank you. I have food. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Instead of just thinking, well, it's the United States and there's no famine and there's no this and, and how great we are. No. Thank the Lord. You look outside and say, who fed the deer this morning? Well, I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't go to Walmart and get enough food for those blooming deer. And they don't, look, they don't look famished. They're fine. Man, who's feeding all those birds? Anyway, so here's what happened. Look at this. So, notice this. So, he, look at this. He required the people in Jerusalem to bring their tithes. Well, that's what the Lord said anyway. The Lord said, do this. Moses did. You know, the Lord told Moses. Moses didn't come up with any of this on his own. He didn't come up with nothing. So they wouldn't need, their, they wouldn't need other employment. 
uh, but could apply themselves fully to their duties as required by the law of God. Now remember, before, before Moses even came on the scene, Abraham, he went into a world war to go back to go get Lot, his nephew, um, before Sodom and Gomorrah. You can read the story yourself. It's in 1 Corinthians. No, nah, excuse me, 1 Corinthians. It's in Genesis. Everything was in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 14, Lot gets taken away by some other kings. There were five kings against five kings. Uh, one of the kings was the king of Sodom, you know, and uh, Gomorrah, and they got wiped out. But anyway, Abraham went after him. And when Abraham comes back, he got Lot back and everything. Okay. His army won, and then he meets. A guy by the name of Melchizedek, very important. That the only place you hear about him is the book of Psalms, and you hear about him when he met Abraham. When Abraham came back bringing the spoils, he gave Melchizedek a tenth of all he got. What was that? The tithe. That was 500 years before this. That was 500 years before uh, Moses got the, the Ten Commandments and got all these instructions. Now, this, when this happened, this is 500 more years. So for over 1,000 years, people have been bringing their tithes to the Lord. Here we go. So look what happened. They, the people immediately responded generously with the first of their crops and grain and new wine and olive oil and money and everything else. A tithe of all they owned as required by the law to be given to the Lord their God. Uh, now, look at this. Everything was laid out in great piles. Now they're great broke, aren't they? No, wait a minute. You can't have a tithe unless you're blessed anyway. You know, now watch what happened. The people who had moved to Judah from the northern tribes and the people of Judah living in the provinces also brought in their tithes of their cattle and their sheep and brought a tithe of the dedicated things to give to the Lord and piled them up in great heaps. Huh? The first of these tithes arrived in, oh man, please don't give us a date because if it's wrong, we're going to have mud on our face. <laughs> this is true. It happened in June. The other pile. Now, remember, we already had another date. Remember, he started in April. They cleaned out the temple by the end of April. And then they had this. Remember, they had the Passover in May. Here we are in June. This thing is getting out of control. It's blessing upon blessing. Here we go. Watch this. There, notice great heaps. Well, I'm just going to give a little bit, you know. That's all I'm going to give, yeah. No, people were pouring it out. They, man, they just, they were totally blessed. So watch this. Now look at, this, look at this next verse. Oh, wait, excuse me. And their piles continued to grow till October. June, July, August, September. Whoa. When Hezekiah, that's who we're talking about, and his officials came and saw these huge piles, how they blessed the Lord and praised his people. Look at the next verse. Where did this come from? You know where it came from? They got off their rear ends. They cleaned out the temple. They said, we're going to serve Jesus only. And they got busy with the things of the Lord. And all of a sudden. Now, so if things are falling apart for you, don't be sitting there thinking, well, I guess I threw away the temple. I know you didn't do that. You should be saying, Lord, I'm supposed to be blessed. I remember that story when these people turned to the Lord. Everything was a blessing. And Lord, I need your help to break through. Yeah, read the book of Psalms. You'll see David's in trouble all the time. He's not like, oh, well, I'm just coasting now because everything. No, people were trying to kill him. And he wasn't going, why is this happening to me? No, he was going, get me out, Lord. I got to have you by in another hour. And boy, David, we get out. 
Where'd all this come from? He asked the priest and the Levites. Azariah, the high priest of the clan of Zadok, replied, These are tithes. What? We've been eating from these stores of food for many weeks, but all this is left over, for the Lord has blessed His people. That's the reason the Bible is so important to read over and over and over again. I like to tell myself sometimes, Richard, tell me something that happened in the book of, and to just name a book. And I go, oh yeah. <laughs> and try to go through a whole Bible if you can, you know. You know. But anyway, just even if you can't do that, just, just ask yourself some stories in the Bible. Name me a story in the Bible. <laughs> if you have to start 10 seconds, you need to be reading, you know. Surely you can think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or you can say, uh, Jesus heals somebody or whatever. You know? Tell you the... We forget these things sometimes. We'll go, oh, I forgot about that. How encouraging this is. I mean, this, is not, this didn't happen by accident. This happened by purpose. Same thing for you and I. Well, look at this. Hezekiah decided to prepare storerooms in the temple. Well, that'd be a mistake because tomorrow the Lord may just say, it ain't happening no more. No, this is permanent. Permanent. Remember, we have a guy that was second to Pharaoh. He did the same thing, didn't he? His name was Joseph, coat of many colors. So anyway, all the dedicated supplies were brought into the Lord's house. Coniniah, the Levite, was put in charge. He was corrupt. No, he wasn't. He wasn't corrupt. And, his, and assisted by his brother Shemiah and the other following aides. Look at these guys. They're in the historical record. I'm not going to name them. You see them. Their appointments were made by King Hezekiah, Azariah, the high priest. Two top dogs, the high priest and the king. Okay. Kor, the son of Imnah the Levite, who was the gatekeeper at the east gate, was put in charge of distributing the offerings to the priest. His faithful assistants were Eden, men and all these guys. Okay, they distributed the gifts to the clans of priests in their cities, dividing them to young and old alike. Boy, they were getting everything straightened out, weren't they? However, the priests on duty uh, at the temple and their families were supplied directly from there, so they were not included in this distribution. Now notice this phrase, the priests were on duty. Remember a guy in the New Testament named Zechariah? That would be John the Baptist's dad. Remember it says when he was on duty, it was his time to be on duty. He went in there and was, remember he was putting the holy incense in there and all of a sudden, whoa, Gabriel shows up and said, hey, you're going to have a son. You also remember what, the, what that angel said? The Lord heard your prayers. He didn't say, the Lord heard your prayers and you're supposed to have this wonderful, awesome prophet. No. His wife, what was her name, Elizabeth, called the barren one. Wouldn't you be praying, hey, I want mama to have a kid. It's about to drive mama crazy. She don't have any kids. Bothers a woman. It would. All of a sudden, boom, she has a child. Amazing. Anyway, that was because, remember, they were on, they were on where was it? Yeah, they were, uh, they were on duty. So the priests that were on duty. Okay. The priests were listed in the genealogical register by clans. That'd be fairy tales, wouldn't it? There's no such thing as keeping a record. Ah, oh, please. I, I can go back just in memory to uh, four Adairs, you know. I could go back further on my mom's side, except for mom doesn't know who her granddaddy was, who her great-granddaddy was. She didn't she know who that one was. Anyway, the priests listed in the genealogical registers by clans and the Levites 20 years and older were listed under the names for their work corps. Wow, cool. A regular allotment was given to all families, properly registered priests, for they had no other source of income because of their time and energies were devoted to the service of the temple. One of the priests uh, was appointed in each city of the priests to issue food and other supplies to all the priests. Look how this is structured. Wow, okay. 
In this way, King Hezekiah handled the distribution throughout Judah. See, they got their act together. They were doing what was right. And they had all these offerings set up to handle the priest in the other smaller cities and whatever. And all this. It worked great. Doing what was just and fair in the sight of the Lord as God. He worked very hard to encourage respect for the temple, the law, and godly, I think godly living. Okay. Uh, yeah. And look at that. And was very successful. Hmm, I don't know what it was. It was just magical. No, it wasn't. You do know what it was. Here we go. Verse 30, I mean, chapter 32. Sometime later, after this good work of King Hezekiah, King Sennacherib, he is a historic figure in history outside the Bible. Now we got a problem. I thought the Bible was just mythological and fairy tales, and it was just, it was just to give the Christians something. It's not because we don't want to offend all the other religions. You know, it's just what they... Man, ours is history. There ain't but one God. There's only one way. I am the way and the truth and the life. And nobody's going to get there but by Jesus. One day every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. <gasps> it was really him. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy from Syria, he invaded Judah. And he laid sage to the fortified cities, planning to take them under tribute. In other words, I'm going to make you guys pay taxes to me. Let's see how well that goes. When it was clear that Sennacherib was intending to attack Jerusalem, Hezekiah summoned his princes, his officers, for a council of war. And it was decided to plug the springs outside the city. <laughs> well, that's not very Christian-like. No, wait a minute. It is Christian-like. They organized a huge work crew to block them and cut off the brook running through the fields. Look what he says. Why should we give Mr. Sennacherib any water? Why should the king of Syria come here and find water? <laughs> Good move. Great. Then Hezekiah further strengthened his defenses by repairing the wall wherever it was broken down and by adding the fortifications and constructing a second wall outside it. Walls don't work. Who are we listening to? Okay. He also reinforced Fort Milo in the city of David. Well, David never existed. Wait a minute. Come on. Had to. And manufactured, look at this, large numbers of weapons and shields. Who do you work for, Richard? Cargo helicopter. Who have you worked for the last 35 years? Eh, the Army, Project Office this, Project Office that, Project Office whatever. Praise the Lord. He recruited an army and appointed officers and summoned them to the plains before the city and encouraged them with this address. Wait a minute. This is going to be a speech. Yeah. See how historical this is? Now he's giving them a speech on whatever day this is. He says, be strong, be brave. Don't be afraid of the king of Assyria or his mighty army. For there is someone with us who is far greater than he is. Hello, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's always been that way. He has a great army, but they're just mere men. Yeah, but it's a great army. Oh, my gosh. Tr only trust him like we just got through singing. We are, look at this. Wow, we have the Lord our God, look at this, to fight our battles for us. Now, nah, that only happened one time. King, what was his name? Start with a J. I should know. The battle's not yours with the Lord. That was just a one-time incident. No, it wasn't. Same thing Moses said. Oh, I'm trying to know what that guy's name is. What is it, the king? Oh, Asa was his dad. And then his son was oh, Jehoshaphat. Yeah, I should have thought of that. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Isn't that right, Bob? He always says, where did jumping Jehoshaphat come from? Okay. Anyway, so Jehoshaphat had that, but it, that's because the Lord said he would fight your battles. It wasn't just that one time. All right, well, 
This greatly encouraged them. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria, while still besieging the city of Lachish, sent ambassadors with this message to King Hezekiah, the citizens of Jerusalem. Now look what he says. Buddy, he's asking for it. King Sennacherib of Assyria asked, Do you think you can survive my sage of Jerusalem? King Hezekiah is trying to persuade you to commit suicide by staying there, to die by famine and thirst, while he promises that the Lord our God will deliver us from the king of Assyria. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Israel's idols and commanded Judah and Jerusalem to use only one altar at the temple and to burn incense upon it alone? Ah, uh, hello, that's what you better be doing. Sennacherib's sitting there going, oh, you need, you need our gods. Look at this. Don't you realize that I and the other kings of Assyria before me have never yet failed? Oh, they're fixing to get it. And you can go look up this clown. He got it all right. Israel was the one that put him down. Don't you realize that the other kings of Assyria before me have never failed to conquer a nation we attacked? The gods of those nations were not able to do a thing to save their lands. Uh Uh-oh, what's going to happen? Name just one time anyone, anywhere was able to resist us successfully. What makes you think your God can do any better? You know, Nebuchadnezzar learned this too. It happened to Nebuchadnezzar. God told Nebuchadnezzar, listen, big head, I made you big for a reason. I wanted you to wipe out Israel because they forgot me. God had set that up. And then Nebuchadnezzar thought, I'm such a hot shot. Then he found out that, okay, I've learned my lesson. And he got his act back together again. Anyway, Daniel loved Nebuchadnezzar. He did. Anyway, don't let Hezekiah fool you. Don't believe him. I say it again. No God of any nation has ever been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. Much less your God. Oh, really? Hmm. Anyway, thus the ambassador mocked the Lord God and God's servant Hezekiah, heaping up insults. Notice God even called him Hezekiah was his servant. Okay, King Sennacherib also sent letters scorning the Lord God of Israel. The gods of all the nations fail to save their people from my hand, and the God of Hezekiah will fail too, he wrote. Oh, brother. The messengers who brought the letters shouted threats in the Jewish language, so they spoke in Hebrew to the people gathered around the wall, trying to frighten and dishearten him. These messengers talked about the God of Jerusalem as though he were one of the heathen gods. Oh, man, I can see what's going to happen here. And a, ha- a handmade idol. Mm-mm. Man, Sennacherib should have went back and started reading about history. Then the king Hezekiah and, wait a minute, who is this guy? Yep, Isaiah. See, he lived at the time of Hezekiah. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, they cried out in prayer to the God of heaven. No, wait a minute, Hezekiah don't have time for that. He calls the preacher. Hey, we're... I got some people on staff. They want us to have a prayer. I'm not not a praying man, you know. He was a praying man. And the Lord sent an angel, look at this, who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its officers and generals. So Sennacherib returned home in deep shame to his own land. Look at the historical record. When he got home to the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there. That's how the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem. And now there was peace throughout the land, throughout his realm. Whoa. Whoa. Anyway, from then on, King Hezekiah became immensely respected, surrounding the nations, uh, and, uh, among the surrounding And many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem with, with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too. 
But about that time, now we have this record here too in another book, we're going to run to it. He became deathly sick. And he prayed to the Lord and the Lord replied with a miracle. Let me tell you something. When you hear stuff like that, you need to say, Lord, I want that too. Uh, yeah, why do you think it's in here? Now, unfortunately, we don't want this part here because it was something, you can avoid this. However, Hezekiah didn't res respond with true thanksgiving and praise. Oh, man, how could you be so dumb? You know, you need to be thankful. I think a kid would have known that and said, uh, Granddaddy Hezekiah, shouldn't you thank the Lord for that? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh-oh. Anyway. For the, for, and, and he became proud. And so the anger of the Lord was upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. But finally, Hezekiah and the residents of Jerusalem, they humbled themselves. They got it. Somebody must have said, hey, big shot. I don't care how big your britches are. You need to be thankful. And he turned around. So look at that. So the wrath of God didn't fall upon them during Hezekiah's lifetime. So Hezekiah became very wealthy and highly honored. You know, it's the same thing that, remember Grant, uh, his 15 greats above him, Solomon, be 14, had wrote in the book of Proverbs. Wealth and honor are going to come from serving the Lord. You just serve the Lord, it's just going to come. Anyway, he had, con he had uh, to construct special treasuries, <laughs> buildings for his silver and gold, precious stone. Ah, oh, this sounds like Solomon and David too. And gold bowls. He also built many storehouses for his grain, new wine, olive oil, many stalls for his animal foals to, and great flocks of sheep, goats he purchased, and he acquired many towns for God had given him great wealth. He dammed up the upper springs of Gihon and brought the water down through an aqueduct to, uh, to the west side of the city of David. Oh, there were bozos back then. They didn't know anything. Oh, look at that. Praise the Lord. He prospered, look at that, in everything he did. Wow. Anyway, he made a little mistake here. But anyway, however, the ambassadors who arrived from Babylon to find out about the miracle of being healed, God left him to himself in order to test him to see what he was really like. So he probably said, yeah, I just got lucky. The rest of the story of Hezekiah and all his good things he did were written in the book of, yeah, Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Real familiar with a lot of Christian verses out of that we'll use. And in the annals of the kings of Judah and Israel, when Hezekiah died, he was buried in the royal hillside cemetery, which we could find today, among the other kings. And all of Judah and Jerusalem were, uh, honored him in his death. death. His son Manasseh became the new king. Now, his son Manasseh was a piece of garbage. He totally went the other way. So have you ever seen people, and you have kids, and you're in church, and then all of a sudden, your kids don't go to church? Hey, you get it. It's your decision. You can either serve the Lord or not serve the Lord. Boy, Manasseh goes downhill fast. Now, uh, I want to just hit a piece of this because it just said it was in Isaiah. Let's look real quick. Uh, where is old? There he is, Isaiah. Notice chapter 1, just to let you know. Uh, the messages of Isaiah, son of Amos. That's him. During the reigns of, there they are, Jotham, Uzziah, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So let me go to where he's at. Uh, uh, back this real quick. Watch this. This is really so cool. Uh, I think it's 36. 36. Uh, let me see what happened. 35. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, 36. Just right. You say, Richard, I thought Hezekiah, Isaiah was like, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, yeah, but he's also, if you, Jeremiah does the same thing. There's historical records in here. And you read it, you see it. So in the 14th year of the reign of King Hezekiah's reign, 
Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came to fight. Oh, we've read about this. Yeah. He sent personal representatives with a great army from Lachish to confer with King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. We read about that. He camped near the uh, outlet of the upper pool along the road past the field where the cloth is bleached. Notice that. It's not the same words. We got even more details. So look at this. What would that tell us? This actually happened. Two different people held, held records of what was going on. Anyway, then Elikim, Hilkiah's son, who was the prime minister of Israel, and Shebna, the king's scribe, and Joah, Asaph's son, the royal secretary. Sound like a bunch of bozos? Mm-mm. They formed a truce team. Going to send a, uh, what, what did we say today? A group of people over there to go talk to somebody. The Assyrian ambassador told them to go and say to Hezekiah, the mighty king of Assyria says, you're a fool to think that the king of Egypt will help you. What are, the, what, were, what are Pharaoh's promises worth? Uh, mere words won't substitute for strength, yet you rely on him for help and have rebelled against me. Egypt is a dangerous ally. She is a sharpened stick that will... In other words, Sennacherib was thinking that Israel might be asking for Egypt for help. Anyway, that's the experience of everyone who has ever looked for her to help. But perhaps you say, oh, here it is again. Look at that. You're, my, you're saying the Lord our God will help you. Oh, he isn't the one your king insulted, tearing down, excuse me. Isn't he the one your king insulted, tearing down his temples and altars in the hills and making everyone in Jer Jerusalem worship only the altars here in Jerusalem? Yeah. My master, the king of Assyria, wants to make a little bet with you. You don't have 2,000 men left in your entire army. Now, was it that bad? It doesn't matter. Remember, we already found out that Hezekiah encouraged all his soldiers. And remember, he said that other guy, Sennacherib, has got a huge army. It could have been that bad. He said, I'll make a little bet with you. If you do, he'll give you 2,000 horses for them to ride on with that tiny army. How can you think of proceeding against even the smallest and worst contingent of my master's troops? In other words, I'll give you a few horses, and let's just see how it goes. I'll make a little bet with you. Look at this. For you'll get no help from Egypt. What's more, do you think I've come here without... The Lord telling me to take this land. The Lord said to me, go and destroy it. No, he didn't. Uh -uh. Then Elkim, Shebna, and Jonah said to him, please talk to us in Aramaic, for we understand it quite well. Don't speak in Hebrew, for the people on the wall were here. But he replied, my master, they, they were just playing with him. They didn't care. The people didn't mind if it's Hebrew. He replied, my master wants everyone in Jerusalem to hear this, not just you. He wants them to know that if you don't surrender, we're, you're toast. If you don't surrender, we're going to kill all of you. Nah, they weren't worried. People in town won't worry. They're going to be put under stage. Everyone is, is so hungry and thirsty, he will eat his own dung and drink his own urine. Whoa, I thought this was a Christian book. It is, but it's history, you know. Then he shouted in Hebrew to the Jews. See, they set him up for this. They said, oh my gosh, he really frightened us. And they're going, yeah, and hey, all you up there listening to us. Blah, 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 they're speaking in Hebrew. Hear the words of the great king of the king of Syria. Don't let Hezekiah fool you. And remember, the whole town's already been rocking and rolling with all these tithes and offerings and being blessed. They're not, well, I'm not giving up. Don't let him talk you into trusting in the Lord your God by telling you the Lord won't let you be conquered by the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for here is the king of Assyria's offer to you. Give me a present as a token of surrender. Open the gates. Yeah, right. Give me a little money. Open the door. Let me come in. And I'll let each of you have your own farm and garden and water. Oh, yeah, what a deal. Until I can arrange to take you. God, they're going to transfer them. I'm going to take you to another country, a country where it's beautiful harvest and grapes and a land of plenty. No way. Uh-uh. I'll stay in the land of milk and honey. 
Don't let Hezekiah deprive you of all this by saying, The Lord will deliver you from my armies. Have any other gods ever gained victory over the armies of the king of Assyria? Yeah, there's fixing to be one. Do you remember what I did to Hamath and to Arpad? Did their gods save them? What about Serapheth and Samaria? Where are their gods now? All the gods of these lands, which, uh, which one has ever delivered their people from my power? Name just one. And do you think your God will see our... We already know what's going to happen. But you notice the record here. Do you think this God of yours can deliver Jerusalem from me? Don't be ridiculous. But the people, look at that, were silent, answered not a word. Look at this. For Hezekiah had told them to say nothing in reply. Boy, they trusted him, didn't they? Then Elikam, son of Hilkiah, the prime minister in Sheba, royal scribe, and Jonah, he's the same royal scribe, went back to Hezekiah with ripped clothes and shreds. Uh, they ripped their clothes and they said, hey boss, let's see what they said. And they told him all that happened. Look at that. See the link? You got to go to this chapter. When Hezekiah heard the results, he tore his robe, wound himself in coarse clothes made from sackcloth as a sign of humility, and he went over to the temple to pray. That's exactly what we read over there. Remember, he and the, the, and the high priest, they had prayer. Meanwhile, he sent Eliakim, the prime minister, and she Anyway, he sent an older priest, all dressed in sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet. Who? Oh! Son of Amos, they brought him this message. Then they, anyway, they brought him this message from, from, uh, from Hezekiah. This is a day of trouble and frustration and blasphemy. This, it is serious. Now, why would they bother Isaiah the prophet? Man, if you, like you say, the more you read the Bible, the more you read that I come to the Lord and I ask for help. Anyway, but perhaps the Lord, your God, heard the blasphemy of this king of Assyria's representative as he scoffed at the living God. Surely God won't let him get away with this. Surely God will rebuke him for these words. Oh, Isaiah, pray for us uh, who are left. So the king's message, uh, so, anyway, so they took the king's message to Isaiah. Well, Isaiah, he's drunk. No, he's not. Look at this. Isaiah replied, tell King Hezekiah. Now remember, why would they even bother? This is why they bothered. Tell King Hezekiah, the Lord says, don't be disturbed by his speech of the servant of the king of Syria and his blasphemy. Report the, for a report from Syria will reach the king that he is needed at home and he'll return to his own land where I'll have him killed. Oh, he sure did, didn't he? Now the Assyrian envoy left Jerusalem and went to consult his king who had left Lachish and was besieging Libna. In other words, they were down there around New Hope and Gunnersville. But at this point, the Assyrian king received word that Turkahath, uh, crown prince of Ethiopia, was doing something. And he's like, wait a minute. Leading an army against him from the south. Upon hearing this, he sent messengers back to Jerusalem and Hezekiah with this message. Now he comes and get back again. Hey, don't let this God fool you. Trust in fool you by promising that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. Just remember what's happened to the kings of Assyria. They've been crushed. Everyone that posted. Anyway, do you think you'll be any different? Did the gods of... Oh, here we go. You've heard all this before. No, the Assyrian kings completely destroyed them. And don't forget what happened to the king of... Look at that. Repetitive again. Same thing we read. All right, here we go. So what happened? As soon as the king had read this letter, he went over to the temple, spread it out before the Lord, and prayed. Well, that's what you do. When you're in trouble, you go to the Lord. O Lord God Almighty, enthroned between the guardian angels, you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone have made heaven and earth. Listen as I plead. And I change my mind right now because the people in Africa need help, and I'm, why would you bother with me? So I'm just going to go home and do the best I can. That's what Baptists do. We don't ever pour our heart out and say, Lord, I don't want Mama to die with cancer. 
I don't want my child to die with cancer. I don't want my job going away. Help, God. I'm, everything's been going great. Now it's going to fall apart. The economy. Help, help, help. That's what we should do. So listen to me as I, as I pray. Look at this letter from King Sennacherib. He had the letter saying, look what this turkey's saying. It is true, O Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all those nations just as the letter says. In other words, we looks like we ain't going to win the national championship. Man, uh, this guy's kicking everybody's tail, you know. And they've thrown over their gods in the fire. They weren't gods at all. Merely idols carved out by men in stone. Of course the Assyrians could destroy them. Notice that phrase. They, they weren't gods anyway. O Lord, our God, save us so that all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you are God and you alone. Now, that's what we should be doing. David would say that. David would say, what good is it if I'm going to die? He, he was sick too. You read the Psalms, you'll find about it. You'll read these things, you'll go. He'll say, what good is it? Shall the dead praise you? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent the message to King Hezekiah. The Lord God of Israel says, this is my answer. Your prayer against Sennacherib, the uh, Syrian king. Boy, I mean, I tell you, Hezekiah, uh, what is, Isaiah knew. The Lord says, my people, the helpless virgin daughter of Zion laughs and scoffs and shakes her head at you in scorn. He's talking about to, uh, he's at, to Sennacherib. Who is it you scoffed and uh, against and mocked? Whom did you revile? At whom did you direct your violence and pride? It was against the Holy One of Israel. You have sent your messengers to mock the Lord. You boast, I came with a mighty army against the nations of the West. I cut down the tallest cedars and the choicest cypress. I conquered their highest mountains, destroyed the thickest forest. Yeah, but you ain't going to kill the Lord God of Israel. That's for sure. You boast of wells you've dug and conquered lands. And Egypt and all its armies is no obstacle to you. But do you not yet know that it was I who decided this long ago? Whoa, it was I who gave you all this power from ancient times. Ooh, I caused this to happen as I planned that you could crush walled cities and ruin heaps. Why was that? That's because the other side of the SEC, remember the other tribes of Judah, they're worshiping a moo moo out there. That's why their people had so little power and were such easy prey. They were as helpless as the grass, as tender plants you trample beneath your feet, as grass on the housetops, burnt yellow by the sun. But I know you well, your comings and goings and all you do and the way you have raged. Here we go. I'm trying to get done. Here we go. Because of your anger against the Lord, I heard it all. I have put a hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth and led you back to your own land the same way, the same way, anyway, by the same road you came. Then the Lord, God said to Hezekiah, here's the proof. I'm the one who will deliver this city from the king of Assyria. This year, look at this, look at this. He will abandon his siege. In other words, he's going to run, go do something. Remember an angel killed all of them. Anyway, although it's too late to plant your crops, you're going to have volunteer <laughs> volunteer uh, grain this fall, but it'll still give you enough seed for a small harvest next year. And uh, two years from now, you'll be living in luxury again. Whoa. And you who are left in Judah will take root again in your own soil and flourish and multiply for a remnant shall go out from Jerusalem and repopulate the land for the Lord God Almighty will cause this to come to pass. That's exactly what happened. Anyway. For, uh, as for the king of Assyria, his army shall not enter Jerusalem, nor shoot their arrows there, nor march outside its gates, or build up an earthen bank against its walls. He'll return to his own country by the road he came on and will not enter the city, says the Lord. For my own honor, I will defend it. Look at that, in the memory. Remember, David had been gone for 15 generations. I'll defend it in memory 
of my servant David. Wow. That night, here's that same story. The angel of the Lord went out to the camp of the Assyrians and killed 185,000 soldiers. And when the living wakened the next morning, all these lay dead before them. Oh, no. Then Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, returned home. Remember? Same story. A little bit different details, though. While he was worshiping in his temple of, there's the name of his God, Nishrach, his God. His sons, now we got the names of his sons. You know, basically Adramelech and Shazerah killed him with their swords and they escaped in the land of, okay, wow. 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 And anyway, his silly son became the king. Now I'm not going to go through this, but look at this. Same record. It was just before all this that Hezekiah became deathly sick. Isaiah, that's his buddy, he said, hey, guy, or boss, set your affairs in order. You're going to die. You're not going to recover. Now, that means you heard it from the Lord. You're not going to recover, right? Or you could say it's God's will. Look what happens. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and did this little thing that we should be doing. Prayed. Oh, Lord, don't you remember? He was saying, look, I, I've tried to serve you. I've tried to do, and we all have. Now, now, remember the time frame. Let's just say he just heard this, right? He went to visit him. He actually was standing there. All we have is during that Hezekiah, just like me, you, you can say, I got my back to you. I was talking to you. Now I'm to the Lord. Watch. Well, look at this. We're going to stop. We're just going to stop right here. Uh, don't you remember how true I've been to you and how I've, I've tried only trust you? He broke down with great sobs. Now, crying's not just going to get it alone. He did the other. He didn't, well, I'll just cry and see if, no. So the Lord sent another message months later. No, it wasn't. Let's see if we can catch the time frame. He said, go tell Hezekiah, the Lord God of your forefathers, hears your prayers and sees your tears, and I'll, give, and I'll let you live 15, 15 more years. Uh, the book of Kings actually says before he got out of the terrace, the Lord spoke to him. We'll stop right here. So he said, go tell Hezekiah, the Lord God of your father, hears you, hears you praying and sees your tears and will let you live 15 more years. How about them apples? Praise God. That's in your wonderful book of Isaiah. You know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. They'll mount up with wings of eagles. That's chapter 38. Where's that verse located? They'll mount up with wings of eagles. 40. It's two chapters away. So if you're feeling sick sometime, feeling bad, <laughs> think you're not going to make it, you need to back up two chapters. Amen. Let's just be sure. Let's see, that's 38, 39. There's 40 right there. Let's make sure it didn't disappear. <gasps> it didn't. Look at that. There it is. They'll mount it with wings as eagles. Two chapters away. Now our job is to remember that. But we should remember we serve a loving God and one who helps us. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's never changing. It's just our responsibility to keep remembering these things. So, Lord, help us. Help us to always read our Bibles and things like that and whatever. Lord, if we're not feeling good, we, we see here you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. It looks like we saw all these tithes and whatever, all this blessing, financial. Oh, you'll take care of any financial trouble we have. And if it's some other problem, like King Sennacherib or some king trying to wipe us out or some problem, Lord, we know you'll deliver us. That doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep records and keep telling people about Jesus and tell them what the great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah.